Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, we have been sharing about motives, and uh, I believe that God wants us to have the right motives in what we are doing. Amen. Uh, What are some of the motives we have shared about? Number one was, are you with me? Have you been coming for the first service? Do you have your notes? Then just open to your notes and let's go through quickly. What is the first important motive? Love. Amen. Number two, jealousy. Number three, money. Money should not be a motive for doing many things. Number four, competition. Number five, power. Amen. Number six, fear. Amen. We must not be motivated by fear. As a minister, I must not be motivated by fear of anybody, fear of anyone in what I'm saying. Because as soon as a pastor is afraid of some people, he can no longer speak the truth. You will notice that many politicians cannot tell the truth and do not tell the truth. When you come into power by the ballot box, often you can't tell the truth. When you have to tell the truth because your power is derived from people's opinions so you often have to tell lies for people to still vote for you that is why in the church you know the scriptural way for coming into authority is not by the ballot box voting because i, I have to do things to make you vote for me next year to still be your pastor hallelujah so People who are voted into power often do not and cannot tell the truth. Many times they are afraid to tell the truth. And that is why you find that when it's an election year, they do all sorts of things and they say all sorts of things because, you know, they are trying to get win people's favor, not necessarily to tell the truth. They're after the election, then the truths and other things begin to come out. You notice that something like that, it, before the election, they didn't talk about it, you know, it was like, let this matter die. Let us win the election. And then after the election, now that there's no election in sight, then we have to face the reality that that has to come back. You know? So I'm saying that uh, fear must not be a motivation for things that we are doing. Amen. Ministers must not be afraid of anybody in the congregation. If I'm afraid of somebody that maybe if I say certain things, he will stop giving offerings or he will not buy me sardines uh, on Tuesday, I, I, I cannot preach properly anymore. Amen. I'm, I'm afraid of people. 
And what would I say? I can't speak the truth. So fear must not be something that we must not be afraid of people and intimidated. Otherwise, we become hypocrites. And God wants us to be truthful. We need people. And I know there are many leaders who know when people are lying to them. And they are sick of hypocritical sycophants who just stand and say things that are not true just to gain favor. But I believe that God is teaching us, amen, let's not be afraid and let's not be, tell lies when we must tell the truth so that God will bless us in what we do, amen. Right, what is the next important motive we studied about? Hatred, wonderful. And what is the next one? How many is that? Seven. Wow, okay. The next important motive is that we must not have is the motive to spite someone. Amen. And in Philippians chapter 1, I want us to look at that quickly. You realize that many people do things out of spite just to spite someone else. Now, if you read Philippians chapter 1, and I want you to turn to that very quickly, you read verse 15. The Bible says Paul was preaching and he heard that others were preaching. And verse 15, the Bible says, Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some of goodwill. Verse 16, The one preached Christ out of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Paul was saying right here that some people were preaching the gospel out of envy and strife, thinking that by doing what they were doing, they were hurting Paul. If you read verse 16, it says, To add affliction to my bones. You know, that is why they were preaching, to hurt him. They felt that as they did what they were doing, it would hurt Paul. And Paul would be very unhappy. Now, he went on to say that, but other people in verse 17 are preaching out of love. Amen. And I want us to see something right here. That God would love us to do things out of love and not to hurt somebody else. Many years ago, when we began this church. I went to see a pastor who was more established and I went to seek his help and his support, if you like. And when I went to see him and I told him that, you know, we were studying a church, I was studying a church and so on, he immediately was opposed to what I was doing. And immediately, you know, turned somehow against me. As we continue talking, I mentioned the name of someone whom this man also knew, but who, this, who was something like an enemy to this man. And when I mentioned that this enemy of his was also opposing me, then suddenly, he decided to now support me. Are you with me? Now, 
when he decided to support me, I just withdrew. Because in my heart, I felt that, no, but when I just came to you without mentioning anybody's name, you did not support me. But when you heard of someone else whom you would like to fight against, then you decided to help me so that that person would pain that person. And I said, no, I would not like this type of help. And I'll tell you something. You see, this is even in the ministry. But many people do things just to show someone else and not necessarily for good. Amen. And I'll tell you something. This is, I'm talking about things that are in our hearts. Most of the time, we don't know why we are doing what we are doing. Preachers, pastors, husbands, wives, let's be honest with ourselves. Amen. If you are not honest with yourself, you are going to find out that you are going to get into big trouble. Because if you start out, let's say you want to help somebody so that you can show another person what about as time goes on and your support of that thing becomes so expensive that you cannot sustain it? Look at the help that America was giving to a country like uh, um, Somalia. Was it was America helping Somalia or Russia? One of them. But America was helping and even Mobutu. You see, when Mobutu was there, nobody helped him. He died and he was, you know, ridiculed and just buried somewhere quietly. But the reason why they helped Mobutu when he was here was not because they loved Zaire, but because they hated Russia. And they wanted to have a, a foothold to fight against communism, but not really because they, they cared for Russia. And you see that all through the politics of this world, many people are not doing what they are doing out of real love for the nation. Nobody love. No, no. I mean, when I look at these presidents and so on saying, giving nice speeches, many people on television, when I watch them giving speeches, I just say to myself, you are lying. Oh, Male. And then my face just wets. I mean, I have written speeches before for uh, medical things and so on. I realize that when we have to do this, we have to write all the official things that we are supposed to say. But the real things, you don't say them. You wait. I'll give me a few weeks and months. I'll start to say certain things. You understand what I'm saying properly. Amen. We, people don't really care. If they cared, why is it that when they attack, when they attack certain countries and there are wars in certain places, nobody bats an eyelid? Why is that the America didn't care about Liberia? We have to care. But why do they care about Kuwait? Do they love Arabs? They don't love Arabs. Nobody loves. An American doesn't love Arabs. It's just money. Do you understand? And you realize that much of the motives of politicians are wrong. That's why when we are voting, we have to be led by the Spirit. Often we are choosing between two bad things. Just have to choose the lesser of the evil. Often. Hallelujah. So let us decide not to do things in our private lives at home. Let's not do things. I'm, I'm going to do to show you, to show this person, to fight. You know, what it is, is actually it's a fight in your spirit. It's a quarreling spirit. How do you preach to show, I mean, so that it will hurt somebody else? Why do you do something so that somebody else will be, you know, you know that it will, it will make the person unhappy? No, I believe that that is not the right motive. The next motive I want us to look at is 
the motive of tribalism. Let's look at Esther chapter 3. Esther chapter 3. This is, I believe, the last one. Esther chapter 3. Can you find Esther in your Bible? Wonderful. Please look for it. Where is Esther? I'm struggling to find Esther. Hallelujah. Esther chapter 3. We want to read from verse number 1. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman the son of Hamadiah the Agagite and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. Now Haman is a racist, tribalistic man. And all the king's servants reverenced him. For the king had commanded so concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants which were in the king's gate said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? And it came to pass that they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told him unto see whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. Amen. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then Haman was full of wrath. And he thought to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. Amen. Now, right here, you have the same problem of racism and tribalism. This man, Haman, was one of the ministers of state. He was probably the minister for, um, I don't know, he was a minister. And, uh, <laughs> and he decided to fight against Mordecai, and not only Mordecai, but all of Mordecai's relatives, and all people who were from his country. And he embarked on something official. Listen to me today, official. And he decided to exterminate all people who came from that country. Now, I want us to understand something, that this is the same thing that happened in uh, Germany many years ago, 1940, 1939, when they had the Second World War. The whole war and the whole motivation of Hitler was to drive away elements from the society whom he thought were not part of the pure race of Germans. Now, he tried to, I mean, extinguish the whole existence of this group of people. Now, this is a very terrible thing. And it resulted in the world war that we, we had. Now, I want to say that Everybody that I have seen, you know, in the whole world, everybody has 
some amount of racist feelings. You, you, if you go to Germany, they are very, they are very racist. Everybody is racist. Ghanaians are racist. Somebody say Ghanaians are not racist. Ghanaians are very, even amongst us, as amongst Ghanaians, you know, we, are, we, we, have, we have very strong tribal flows. The election was a good example of that. Yeah. They voted and blocked for their relatives. And of course, well, naturally, you, you expect people to, to do that, but I don't know. You know, but it was just, you could just see that this was how things were going. And all over the world, it's like that. It's not only Ghana. Do you think Clinton's hometown, he didn't vote for him? They voted for him, I mean, completely. The whole area was for him, because that's where he comes from. And, and not, it's not only Ghana, everywhere in the world. You just, you just bring someone, that is why they often take a northerner whenever they're doing elections to do something important, either vice president or something like that, you know, because they want the votes from that area. They take their wear the Batakari and go around. It's all politics, you know, just to make people feel that it's from our area too. They understand. And so people will vote not because of economic improvement of the nation, but because of tribal elements. And you know something? This thing, when it gets out of hand, we are dealing with wars. And I, I read the papers on Saturday. President Rawlings was speaking to those in the north, advising them not to stir up another ethnic war. Amongst, you know, uh, what are they called? I said Gambagas. Uh, Kokombes and Dagombes. And you go to Tamale, you cannot find, uh, is it Kokombes there? They are not there. They have been driven away. And you see, we all seem to have these tendencies. And I believe that this must not be a motive in our heart. Amen. If you are getting married, you know, and God brings you a good person, you should not discard the person because the person comes from somewhere. There was one sister in one of our churches. I'll just look at her. God blessed her with a very good person to marry. Not everybody is a good person to marry. Do you know that? Some people are orangus. If you marry them, you have a lot of problems. But God blessed her with a good person. She said the person was from the north. So she didn't want to marry the person. Every time I see her, I always ask her, oh, my sister, how is it? I'm praying for you. God will bless you. The years are going by. Many years have gone by. I just keep praying for her. God blessed her with a good Christian brother. Solid person. Proper anything. Every aspect of him was good. Only one aspect. That he comes from the north. And are northerners not human beings? What a mistake. You see, when that is the motive or that is the reason for which we are doing things, we start to make a lot of mistakes and we will start to lose. There are certain places they, wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they will not employ you if you don't come from, from their area. In fact, there are certain places if you come from a particular area, I don't want to mention, if you come from a particular area and that is the boss, all the people in that place are from that area. I don't know how it's mystical. And you, you wonder why. But I want to say that let this not be the reason for what we are, for things that we do. Amen. I have never had that reason for doing, doing things. Many people insult airways. They say that when Satan was cast out of heaven, he fell into the vulture region. 
and he left his child what is there <laughs> have you heard that one before <laughs> but you know what let me tell you people say all sorts of things about heaven but me personally i found out that heavens are some of the nicest people that i know personally that's what i've seen they are very nice people that's my personal opinion i mean when i look around and i analyze and so on I say, oh, they are very nice people if you like you look just be objective just be objective but you find out people form their own you know something meet a person first my wife was telling me about some uh, fancy relatives of hers who have been fighting and quarreling and I said ah so I said to her ah but I thought it was only girls who were supposed to be quarrelsome <laughs> but I thought that it seems you see you also have some relatives who can quarrel but I realized that that theory is not holding amen that theory is not holding there are some fanties who are also very very cantankerous my wife didn't want to marry me initially because of her, her mother her mother said in Kramfuzi all boxes are guns from Aikwate, Bazooka uh, DK Poison Azuma Nelson there's no fancy boxer it shows you that they, they, they have the. But you see, sometimes you may find out that those things, those theories that we have, they don't stand the test of time. But you know, I've realized that everybody has those things. Many Ghanaians started to complain about the Liberians when they came here as refugees. At that point, we didn't like them. And we, when we go to places, people also don't like Ghanaians. You mention Ghana, you show Ghana passport. What? I personally know people who have been stripped naked just because they showed their guardian passport. Naked like a banana at the airport. Naked. Start they say it a whole local crowd. Just naked. You show the Ghanaian passport. Say, oh, come. They strip naked. Why? Because of where you come from. And they suspect you of so many things. We don't like them, they don't like us. But let our habit let, in the church, you know, even in South Africa, you find that where black and white where I, where I went to check in Soweto there was not a, a single white person it was on the last day that I saw one white person in the church when I was preaching she was even healed of something she came forward to testify during a miracle time but you know there's no white person there and you find out that black Christians hate white Christians white Christians hate black Christians but we've got to pray about this thing in our country you know the whole West Africa is unstable because of these type of things the whole of the region from Sierra Leone, Liberia, Senegal, they are all, all coming down this way. And we've got to pray that this thing will not be here. Amen. And let me tell you something. Let those negative things come out of your mind. Amen. So that we have the right motives for what we are doing. You find out that some churches, they will choose pastors because they come from a certain tribe. I mean, how? You are spoiling the church. I said you are spoiling the church. We don't, we, don't, we don't do the ministry on the base of tribe, on the base of color. Everything is on the base. No, it cannot be. Let us purify our hearts. Because these things, they come. Our parents tell us. 
People start to say, as for gas, they did. As for airways, this. As for chances, this. As for coil people, this. As for nothingness, this. This, this. They tell you, they keep telling. As faith comes by hearing, as time goes on, you believe it strongly in your heart. When you see that person, you immediately put all those labels on him. This man, he must be like this, like me, while you've never met him before. Amen. Many people say have cast are bad. How many have heard it before? One day I was preaching, I asked one of my church members, well, when you see a half caste, what do you think of? She said, oh, think of a womanizer. I said, what do you mean? So when you see me, that's what you think about? <coughs> but you have to meet the person first. And you may be surprised that all the things that you thought would be dismantled. Amen. Bible tells us in Psalm 1, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Amen. The heart is the most important heart of the human being. Try me and know my thoughts. Know what I say, but what I think. Because they are different. And he says, he prayed another person, see if there is any wicked way in me. same place it means you don't like that child and i believe that david was not wanted and even when his father when the prophet came and said i have this a man of god i'm choosing from amongst you you know what the bible says that the man the father did not even think about one of his children it was not even in his consideration he thought about all the rest this particular man came and god said no all those nice tall guys and nice people that i have not chosen any of them there's one guy whom you have rejected. And the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. That is David. And that is why sometimes people look at men of God and just look at their face. Sometimes people look at me and they just judge me. And they say, oh, this guy is this, this, this. But you see, you are just looking on the outside. But God is looking on the heart. Amen. There are pastors who stood here and said, everybody is surprised that God is using that. Because he was looking at the outside. God doesn't look at the outside. And God has taught me that. Never, as time has gone, people that I thought would do well have disappointed me. People that I thought wouldn't do well have rather surprised me. So now I've come to trust God and said, let me leave things to God. Because we men, we men, we don't see people's heart. We don't see. Sometimes people who have served God, they look so zealous. Give them one year, two years. They are not even Christians anymore. What a shame. But God looks at the heart. And sometimes you wonder. You look at one pastor. His church is working. Another one, nothing is working. Why? I don't know. 
God knows. It's God who is the one who judges and looks at the heart. That's why that prayer is so important. I always pray it, you know. I'm always praying that prayer. And as I grow in the ministry, my prayer is that, Lord, let my heart be pure. Let the thing, the reason why I'm doing, what I'm doing as a minister, I'm doing it, I must do it because of love. I must not do it because of money. Charlie, if you are doing it because of money, you, 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 <laughs> it cannot be. Politics because of money, you will steal. Preaching because of money, you will steal. And you will have the opportunity to steal. It will present itself one way or the other. If, if it's because of hatred, if it's because of spite, all those things will crumble with time. But as you decide to serve the Lord and obey Him from a right heart, God will lift you higher and higher and higher. People will always wonder, why is God blessing this man? Why is this lady seem to be blessed? Recently, I prayed for some people. God blessed one with a miracle pregnancy. And God didn't bless another one with a miracle pregnancy. Miracles. And the question that I asked was, Lord, why? You know, because God had already blessed one before. And this, this one had never even been blessed. I mean, real miracles. We're talking about medical miracles here. So I asked myself that, why this person? Why not this person? I don't know. I really don't know. But I, one thing that I also know is that I, I can't see very far. I can only see physical. But God looks beyond. And he's the one who is the one who is really judging and blessing. You want to be promoted? Remember, God is looking at your heart. You want to live long? God is looking at your heart. You want to stay and survive? God is looking at your heart. Make sure that your heart is right. Because that's for God. He doesn't mind what you say with your mouth. God is not a man. God is not moved by what you say. God is not impressed. He just looks at your heart. Bible says, that's why Paul David said, Search me. Psalm 139. Please, I hope you've underlined it in your Bible. Search me, O Lord. Know my heart. Know my heart, not my mouth. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way at all in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting life. Stand to your feet, everybody. Lift up your hands to the Lord. I want you to just commit your hearts to God. The God who judges and who looks at the heart and say, Lord, lead me in the way of everlasting life and let your will be done. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for what you have done. We give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Let our hearts be right. Let our motives be pure. For you are the judge, the judge of all. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are here this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to just raise up your right hand. Maybe you are not sure whether you are born again Christian. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. Lift up your hand. God bless you. If you've lifted up your hand, come to me. Come to the front here. I'm going to pray with you. Come. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, just go with this pastor. He's going to pray with you. And um, Father, we thank you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, please. God bless you for listening to this message. 
Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.